Hey everyone, and welcome to the Relentless Youth Ministry Methods podcast. We chose the name Relentless because of its focus on a constant pursuit of first and foremost, our relationship with God, and second, the sacrifice it takes to see any ministry grow and be sustainable. When God gives us a vision, we must be relentless in our obedience and dedication to see it come to pass. Thank you for taking the time to stop by and check us out. We pray that you find something encouraging and helpful while you're here. And now it's time for this week's episode. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of the Relentless Youth Ministry Podcast. Uh, we got a great topic this week and we're going to be discussing uh, something that's not totally uh, what we normally talk about. Normally we're talking about methods um, and programs and different ways of, of doing things. But this week, um, this has kind of been on my heart. It's been on my mind for this hour. Talked with James. He was feeling that as well in the same vein. And so this week, we're, we're going to be discussing very simply uh, the topic that you were made for this. You were made for this. If, if you're near a mirror, I want you to go to that mirror, and I want you to declare that you were made for this. And uh, what's that this, right? What's that this? I think there's just a, a lot of events in our world over the past year and a half that can feel extremely overwhelming uh, for the church. And I think especially us as, as, as youth leaders. And I just want to encourage us in this episode this week that we were made for this moment and for this hour. Uh, James, excited to have you here, uh, as we always do. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on, on this topic today before we get started? You know, Ben, hey, Juan, it's great to be back. And um, this is something that when you mentioned it in a phone conversation we had uh, recently, uh, my heart leapt uh, just because the fact of we're in a unique time. We've talked about this. Uh, we're not telling, saying anything on this podcast that anyone doesn't already know. If you're breathing in this planet and you go outside of your home, things are a little bit crazy. Things are crazy. When it comes to church, things are crazy. When it comes to government, things are crazy. When it comes to politics, and all of this stuff is having an effect on everybody, um, and particularly people in ministry, youth ministry. And uh, I've recently had conversations with a couple of people who were saying, "I don't, you know, I don't know why God has me here at this time." And so uh, I think the premise and purpose of us today is really a shot in the arm. If you, if you just stumbled on this podcast, we're here to tell you that we believe more than anything that you were made for this moment. You were made for this time. And yeah, man, I, I concur with everything you said. I'm excited just to have a, a short conversation about uh, you know some things God has laid on our hearts uh, and maybe something that we can encourage somebody out there in podcast land to say, hey, guess what? Keep going. Uh, the best is yet to come, and God has a specific purpose and plan for where you're at. So, I'm excited. Awesome, yeah. I th- that keep going. You said that it really resonated with me. Keep going, you know, and just just to encourage someone, uh, don't quit, don't quit. And again, we say this all the time. I do actually. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. Don't quit. But getting started, there's a there's a scripture that comes to mind. It's Psalms 139, 14, something I think we've all heard, but I just want to read it real quick here, reading it in the King James Version. It says, I will praise thee, 
For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. We, we've heard this scripture many times, fearfully and, and wonderfully made. But, but that's something I want to focus on as we open this up. Uh, and the reason why is because fearfully, uh, did a little bit of research on this, fearfully when translated from the Hebrew means with great reverence, great reverence. Uh, heartfelt interest and with respect. Wonderfully, when trans- translated from the Hebrew, means unique and set apart. Unique and set apart. So, in other words, you were created with great reverence. I was created with great reverence. James was created with great reverence. Heartfelt interest and respect to be unique and set apart. I, I think this scripture is something that many times can go in one ear and out the other, but in, in, in this context is so, so important. Really, in any context, is extremely important. And, and I interpret this to mean God intentionally made you. God intentionally made you. I used to say this all the time to our young people. I'm sure this has been said many, many times over the years in different ways. You know, I'd say, hey, you were born... Uh, for purpose, on purpose, and with a purpose, and it kind of goes into that, into that same mindset. But I, I really want to make that point that God is intentional, and when He made you, it was it was intentional, it was with intention, and and the time. I believe the time was intentional. The reason why this has kind of been on my mind too is because you know I look around at world events, and it it can be easy. I think sometimes. Uh, and I can only speak for myself to be overwhelmed and to just kind of have a moment where you're just like, man, I really wish I was not alive in this day and age <laughs> as horrible as that sounds right in, in every time, every era it has their issues. So I can think that now and think, you know, somebody who was alive 150 years ago, um, didn't have to deal with this. And, and we, and we know that's ignorance, Right. But in in the heat of the moment, sometimes uh, there there has been thoughts that have crossed my mind where it was like, man, we're we're really going to see, you know, these prophecies. We we've seen them come to pass. We're going to see things happen right before our very eyes. We we are we are already seeing it. And on the other hand, there's that wrestling with that um, that feeling of I sh- I should be excited, right, <laughs> that God's coming back, and we should be. But I hope I'm speaking to somebody's, uh, you know, real thoughts and real um, uh, concerns. Because I know many of us, we know how we're supposed to feel. And we know what we're supposed to think, right? We we know what the Word tells us and encourages us to be. But then there's also that reality. And that reality in our weak moments. And that's what I want to speak to today is, is those weak moments being transparent with saying, yes, I have them, um, but but there is an answer. And so that was what was going through my head at times. Um, when I talk about the time that you are living is intentional. I was born in 1987 for this reason. I was born in 19, September 28, 1987. Birthday's coming up in a week. And I was born in that on that day, in that year, so that I would be who I am at the age that I am in 2021. And I really want someone to think about that. 
right? God made you with intention and for this hour and for such a time as this. You are supposed to be leading during this hour. You are Think about that. You are supposed to be leading during this hour, which is a unique one. And again, we look back over time and there's been other moments where there has been events in the world and situations that has caused people to say, you know, the, the coming of the Lord is an eye, right? But I don't know if it's been as such as it is today. And you are leading in that hour. I believe this is important to believe in our soul and in our mind because I believe uh, the greatest attack of the enemy of our soul, and I and I felt it recently. I was talking to my wife about it actually last night. I, I believe the greatest attack during this time is is a challenge of our identity, a challenge of our identity. Uh, James, I don't know what your thoughts are uh, on that. Man, I, I agree with you uh, wholeheartedly. And you know, it's interesting that the passage in the scripture, the story in the Bible that comes to mind are three young men uh, who chose not to bow. You talk about a hostile environment. We all know the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I'm going to botch some of this, but uh, we know that their names were changed. The first thing the enemy did was change their identity. And if you, I, I heard, and I'm going to, I don't want to even try to quote it, but I heard a message and it's, I, I did a little bit of research and I wish I could recall it real fast, but those names were very derogatory names. Like one insinuated that one of those young men was a woman. And it's the, it's the scheme of the enemy. And so uh, what you said is so true. Look at the, you know, God, our God is not the author of confusion. I, I, I be, I've been praying this in the morning. He is not the author of confusion. So wherever we see it, we know it's not from him. Uh, we know that the number one uh, thing that God wants us to see is ourselves through his eyes. And if we could just catch a glimpse of ourselves through his eyes. You know, I was in our, uh, our kids ministry last week. And uh, during the altar service, uh, we have a lot of unchurched kids. Uh, we're talking elementary school kids. Uh, I felt impressed to go pray for them, and as I prayed for them, I, I they you know half of them had their eyes open, like what's going on. I said, I want to tell you something. Do you know about snowflakes? I'm not talking about today's uh, definition of snowflakes. The, the kids who uh, are afraid of everything and are uh, you know all that. I'm talking about an actual snowflake, if you put it under a microscope, no two snowflakes are identical. They're absolutely symmetrical. God created these things to be, they're, I mean, they're artwork, but none are the same, just like us. And science has shown that through DNA, there aren't two identical people in the world. There never have been two identical people. So God has made us so unique and when we can catch a vision for his purpose for our lives, uh, man, it's no telling what God can do. And that's the other thing. What we talked about is why does the enemy want us to be confused? Like, oh, man, you know, I, we mentioned, I mentioned to you that there were a couple young people who are leaders in youth ministry that I that kind of alluded to me that they, you know, they're tired. They're, uh, they're wrestling with, am I supposed to be doing this right now? And my resounding no-pause answer was, yes, you were made for this moment. So I agree wholeheartedly with what you just said in terms of identity. It's, it's one of the main schemes of the enemy is to steal from us who God says we are. 
Yeah, yeah. And and you made me think of that scripture, right? You know, uh, our adversary, I'm paraphrasing his desert roaring line, um, you know, seeking who he may devour. It's a intense scripture, right? But yeah, it's it's he's he is a deceiver and a a thief, and and it's those things. And identity is huge. I think I think identity has been huge for the past. I would say 15 years, 15, 20 years. I mean, some could say, well, since the beginning of time, but I think you understand uh, what I mean. But it's so important, and, and the reason why I believe is because I, I think if the enemy of our soul can cause us to be confused about who we are, it will confuse what we are and where we're supposed to be. And I, I just want to tell someone, whoever's listening, where you have been placed, your church, your city, those young people, it is all intentional. It is all intentional. It is not by mistake. It is not by accident. And God will equip you with what you need in this hour. I, I, I look back, you know, I, I we did a podcast, I think it was two podcasts ago, sat down with a youth pastor uh, from my local church. And, you know, I, I just encouraged him and just said, man, you know, you, you did something that no other youth pastor before you um, has, has done, to my recollection. And, and all youth pastors and leaders in, in 2020 did, and that was lead through a pandemic. Um, and, but with that being said, when I talk about, you know, you being placed in your church and all of it being intentional, uh, I, I want to point out the fact that you know i've had moments where in the past no i didn't lead through a pandemic but i had moments where i began to there were situations that were unique to me as an individual and i had moments where i began to question you know am i here am i supposed to be here is this what i'm supposed to be doing and what have you and i can just remember those moments in prayer or even confirmation i was at a service and you know uh, someone's used being used in the gifts and they and they confirm to me uh, through God, right, operating in the gifts of the Spirit, that's what they're for, the edifying of the body of Christ, uh, confirming in an, in, in an encouraging word of, hey, this is where you're supposed to be. This is what you're supposed to be doing. And so I hope that this is confirmation for someone uh, that in this hour and in this time, God's going to equip you. Do not be afraid. Uh, do not be intimidated. Uh, now more than ever do I believe that the church, uh, and, and especially youth leaders, are God's going to give you a holy boldness to take a stand, right? James talked about not not bowing, um, but but it take a stand for for what this the word, His word, uh, what what God stands for in this day and in this hour, uh, because there is definitely an attack, and it's it's going to be uh, something uh, that may be difficult. And, and challenging, but I know for a fact that God is true to his word, and uh, there's something I always say when I'm praying uh, for someone, for healing, uh, for healing, we talk about the prayer of faith, and I say, Lord, we have not because we ask not, and Lord, we're asking in faith, and so I challenge you to do that in these moments, you know, when you're in those dark times, Say, Lord, your word says this, <laughs> and and say, I ask in faith, faith believing. You know, I'm saying the prayer of faith, and watch God, watch God do it. Uh, James, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. 
You know, uh, to jump back to something you said earlier, uh, I, I tell people all the time, young people, never try to figure out who you are without first knowing whose you are. If you want to, you know, in the darkest time as a leader, affirm yourself from the position of God. I am yours, Lord. Take a posture of David in the Psalms. Man, you want to take a, just go and read that. I heard somebody say one time, aren't we glad that Prozac didn't exist when the Psalms were written because one Psalm is up, one was down, and we needed that. But go take a look because he always finished with, but blessed be the Lord God Almighty. You know, he had some, he understood whose he was, even in his darkest place. But I think so many people today forget whose they are in their quest, especially ministry people, to go, who am I? What am I doing here? Back up a second. You're a child of the king. You're called. You're chosen. You've been equipped. And if, for what faces you, God doesn't qualify Uh, call the qualified, he qualifies the called. And somebody needs to hear that today, that where you are matters. You're there on purpose, and God's with you. He's going to see you through. Yeah, I I think it's powerful when you say affirm yourself. I've always tried to figure out a way, you know, to to say that, right? I would say encourage yourself, right? We know Paul says, I think— myself uh happy right and and affirm yourself i think that's so important and affirm yourself with the truths of god's word um but we have more to talk about we're going to take a break real quick we have a, a quick ad and then when we come back james is going to lead us into the second portion of our podcast we'll see you then Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Relentless Youth Ministry Podcast. My name is James Wilson. I'm here with Ben Rodriguez. And uh, uh, in the first segment, we talked about uh, what God had kind of laid on our hearts. This is different than um, many of the podcasts we've previously um, produced. But uh, we really felt compelled to remind somebody out there that you were made for this moment, that God has his hand on you, and that it's no accident where you are. you know, let me just put it to you this way. Youth ministry pastor, leader, volunteer, and yes, you who are even being ministered to who might have stumbled on this podcast, you were made for this moment. Esther 4.14 uh, is a passage. Part of that passage, many of you could quote, but I want to read the whole thing. It says, For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Esther was a young Jewish woman who uh, boldly approached the throne of a king to save her people from some wicked madmen. And every historian, secular and religious, can point to her as being a pivotal individual who stood up in a moment of dire circumstance and saved her people. And the church, like today, is getting hit from every angle. Culture will tell you as a youth ministry person that you're irrelevant. They'll even call you a bigot. They'll call you all of these names, which is the enemy's ploy. 
but Holy Scripture confirms time and time again that when the enemy comes in like a flood, our God will raise up a standard. Like Esther, could this be our defining moment that will help bring in the last harvest? That's something that's been on my heart. I'm not sure. I've heard all my life that Jesus was coming. He's coming. And I can tell you uh, that I believe it more today than I've ever believed it. He's coming. Does that mean he's coming, that the pandemic was there? I'm not saying that. I'm no prophet. Uh, We believe that the scripture says no man knows the time or the hour. But I'm here to encourage somebody that what you're doing is going to have a kingdom impact, just like Esther. You don't know who you're going to reach that that might change the world. It might not be you. It might be some young person who you don't even doesn't even know anything about church who walks into your ministry on a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning, and all of a the sudden they feel a connection, and they turn their lives over to the Lord, and God fills them with His power, and they go on to do great things. And you're part of that spiritual legacy. You were made for this moment. Uh, you know this scripture came to mind as well, Ben. John four thirty five. Do you not say there are yet four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields that they are white for harvest. Uh, Before I go past that, what do you have to say about the first segment when it comes to like Esther and when it comes to like, you know, we're at a place where I think a lot of people are afraid to stand up and speak out. Uh, But as children of the living God, we can do that. Because we were made for this moment, if we speak the truth in love, I think God is already doing things. He's going to do some amazing things. We're going to see things happen that nobody in the history of the church has ever seen. Yeah, I, I think in that in this moment, discernment, right? I, I think more than ever, and I've kind of heard other people kind of talk about it. I don't know, side note, um, if I've ever seen so much confirmation and and I, and what i mean by that is just i think anyone who's just tuned in to what the what thus saith the lord it, he's he's just he's loudly speaking what direction needs to go, the church needs to go right in the kind of attitude and the spirit a couple things come to mind and i and, and i'm going to go back now to what i was saying about discernment i think the greatest gift that's so important right now is discernment and in addition to that, I think it's so important that we, as the church, as youth leaders, begin to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. I want to take a moment and just encourage someone to really seek the Lord on that. Say, Lord, you know, how are you leading me? Right? What 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 gifts have have you put in me? Um, and 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 ask the Lord, right? To Lord, open up a holy boldness within me for me to be able to operate in that. And I just think it's so important for us to be able to see what God sees and hear, you know, His voice and, and be obedient to it. Because it, you talk about speaking the truth in love and, and having that strength to be able to stand. One thing, another thing that came to mind, I was uh, ministering in Iowa uh, not too long ago. And uh, I was sitting in during the Sunday school before service. And the pastor was teaching, and he made a very simple point in his teaching. And, and he was challenging the church in this hour, and he said, be kind. Be kind. And it wasn't anything deep, right, off off, you know, off the top, but it was deep. 
because it resonated with me with what I felt the Lord was dealing with me in this time uh, and what we're living through. I think right now it is easy for the church to not be kind because of the attack of the enemy, right? It, it could be really easy to get to allow our minds to be uh, politically driven and and we lose sight of the the spirit we're supposed to have in this in this hour and the message that we are supposed to be declaring. And so his his whole concept of hey, be kind just resonated with me uh, so deeply, and, and I think it ties hand in hand with what you were talking about when it comes to making a stand. I, I think making a stand can definitely be uh, what we call righteous indignation, but I also think it can be counterculture, right? Taking Right now, hate is the culture. That's just the facts. You look around, it's palpable, that whether it's, whether you're, you know, pro-vaccine, anti-vaccine, or or, you know, Democrat, Republican, whatever it is, hate is kind of the spirit of the hour, which is ironic because of because there's also this this message of, well, you know, love. And, and I think that's the conundrum that we're in. And that's the challenge that we have as a church is that love is needed. Right. There's an old song. I'm totally butchering it. Um, um, it's something about love. Uh, is what we need or it's the answer. I, I'm totally destroying that. But I, I really believe there is an an outcry for that. But it's the love of God, only the love of God that can meet that need. And I, that's where I think we as the church and we as youth leaders in the midst of this culture have to get so in tune with the Lord that we are able to operate fully in the gifts of the Spirit and have that discernment and have that that spirit that we find in Stephen. And that story always really connects with me. And it connected with me several months ago with I Felt the Lord was challenging me to have that same spirit. And we know the story of Stephen, and, and, and he's preaching the message, and then he gets stoned. But as he's getting stoned, uh, he, he says, Lord, lay not this sin against their charge. And he, he didn't have hate in his heart toward those people that he was preaching the gospel to. And they didn't want to hear it so much that they that they killed him. And while he was being stoned, he didn't have hate. But he was saying, Lord, lay not this sin against our charge. And, and I think that's where, you know, the boldness and that stand, uh, it, it can be made. Um, and, 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 and may bring us to that point to where that needs that stand needs to be made. That's so good, Ben. And you know, I I, I, I quoted the scripture, but I want to quote it again. It's John 435. Uh, Do you not say there are yet four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, this is Jesus talking, lift up your eyes and look on the fields that they are white for harvest. Now, let's put that into the context and the setting. What had just happened was Jesus this Jewish rabbi, encountered a Samaritan woman at a well who he shouldn't have even been around, shouldn't have even spoken to, and literally read her mail. And, and I'm sure anybody listening to this podcast knows the story, hey, you know, I, I know you don't have a husband, you have five. <laughs> You've had five of these guys, and you're broken. But if you'll drink from this water, you'll never thirst again. She goes back to the town, the city. They had been outside the gate, outside of the walls of the city, and says to the men, 
let me tell you about this man who just told me everything about me. It's amazing. And when Jesus goes to quote this scripture, envision this, they were walking towards him. So the disciples got this picture that, wait a second, these aren't Jews. But the field was white unto harvest. Talk about cultural differences. Read about Samaria. Pretty different than uh, conservative Jewish folks. And it, how do, what, does that relate to us today? To not be intimidated, but to go and give, be prepared. Peter said, be prepared to give an account for the hope that we have. How are people going to know we, we have hope if we hang our hat on every politician, <laughs> if we hang our hat on everything that's like, and we don't put him first and say, okay. And that's not to say we shouldn't have take political stances. Absolutely, we should. At the same time, we're supposed to be the people people look to for hope. How can you stand up in a time like this and say that God's got our back? Because he does. He's faithful because we were made for this moment. He has us. Uh, you know, I thought about that when I read that uh, the other night, that Samaria is much like when you read about it, the culture we live in today in the United States, the Western world. And many of us are running and hiding. We're hiding from our calling. When, can I tell you from experience, people who are way different than me, who have a different set of belief systems than I do, I encountered someone like that in our local bookstore yesterday with my children. And can I tell you, I saw the brokenness. And before we left there, she had helped us find a couple books, children's books we were looking at for our kids. And I've, I learned her name, and she asked me what my name was, and there was a connection point. And we live in central Virginia, and she's a Cincinnati Reds fan. And so guess what? We're going back in there because this young woman needs Jesus. And I, was, I could have hidden in another section of the bookstore, and I'll be honest, it was intimidating. But God was like, what you spoke to was saying, hey, I made you for this moment. You walked in here on purpose. And if you approach your life like that and your ministry like that, you never know uh, what might happen. You just don't know. You don't. And, and you know, take the pressure off of yourself. Stop trying to be the Holy Spirit. There's there's only one God, and He's not us, but we carry Him with us. A little kindness. I can tell you from perspective, from the church that Ben and I both served in at one time, there was a a man who was kind to a man on a street corner, uh, street car in the 19, early 1920s in Indianapolis, Indiana. And this man won that man to the Lord. And my family is our direct descendants from that man responding to the call that someone was kind to him. And he planted a church in Cincinnati that's exploding and thriving. And churches all around the region and world have come out of that place because of a kind word. So you never know exactly what God has on your plate. Don't be discouraged is what we're trying to tell you. You were made for this moment. And you're sitting here going to yourself, I can, I can hear some of you. I can hear it. Because I would say some of the same stuff hearing this in discouragement. I get it. I was made for this, but you don't get it. Things aren't like they're supposed to be. We have kids that haven't come back to church. People don't want to hear what I have to say. Uh, I'm not like so-and-so. Our church is small. 
We have two young people. Listen, stop right there. Maybe you need to do in some situations like the disciples were taught to do. You've done all you can. Dust off your feet with some individuals and move on. Still love them, but you've hung your hat on the wrong thing. Maybe you need to take a walk through Hebrews 11. Every now and then I find myself doing that, Ben, where I'm like, if I'm discouraged, I go in there and I'm like, he's got me. I'm going to make it. He has me. I am where he wants me to be. And uh, I want to close with this. This morning, we're recording this on a Sunday night, and uh, my wife and I, we, we, uh, we're not, we volunteer in youth ministry and children's ministry in our local church here in Virginia. And, and this morning, uh, I was talking to Ben about this earlier. Uh, it was a situation where we had a young person, a third grader, who was not going to be a part of the program today. He was going to do everything you could possibly imagine to disrupt what was happening. And to some degree he did, but God still had his way and moved. But in the middle of all this chaos, I went out as he was trying to, he, this kid would not sit down. Uh, he, he wouldn't, he was going to go hide behind chairs and, and he'd go out of our building into the, into the, uh, or out of the door into the bathroom and hide and, and uh, finally, I caught him in a hallway. And all I said was, hey, man, we don't want to upset you. I'm sorry that you're so upset, but can you tell me what's wrong? I said, I'm, I'm here to be your friend. I'm not here to make you do anything you don't want to do. And in the, in the course of literally three minutes, I figured this kid's story out. Fatherless. Brought to church by a grandma. He didn't want to be there but I noticed his name tag. His name's Malachi. Now, for those of you who know, Malachi is the last, right? One of the last prophets of the Old Testament. Do you know what Malachi means? Messenger of Yahweh. I asked this kid, I said, do you know what your name means? He goes, no, I don't know. It's a weird name. And I said, let me tell you what your name means. Messenger of Yahweh. You're so special that God made you a messenger of him. And I said, I don't think that was an accident. I think that was prophetic. Because the Bible says before we were even born in our mother's womb, God knew us. He knew the numbers of hairs on our head. And this hard shell of a kid began to melt a little bit. And I said, man, you're so important. I want to be around you because I believe you're a messenger. God's going to make you a messenger of his. And after six minutes and a promise of bringing some Legos to church next Sunday, he's coming back Sunday. And he sat down in the service and allowed us to pray with him. And I'm not saying that to boast us. I'm saying that to tell somebody that I honestly drug my feet into church this morning going, I got to sit in the kid's service. What am I doing here? I, I asked myself that question and God went, hey, dummy, boom. You're here because of Malachi. And I just want to remind somebody, you are important. What you're doing in youth ministry, whether you're a, you have a title, whether you have a budget, whether you have a big church, small church, whatever, you are important. And God has you there for a specific reason. And you may, be, you may win the one individual who helps usher in one of the greatest revivals the world has ever seen. 
and God has a plan. I just believe that tonight, Ben. I don't know how to explain it. I, I've been overwhelmed since I went to church today with this on my mind, and we talked about this earlier, that we were made for this moment. And uh, I looked at kids this morning as they prayed and lifted their hands and, and just thought, and all I could pray on them was a prayer that I've prayed for 25 years. God, finish what you've started. Finish what you've started in their life. And our prayer for you tonight is that God would finish what he started in you and your ministry. And that you will finish well and pass the baton in such a way that one day you're going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. Sorry, I didn't mean to go heavy, but uh, I felt that on my heart, man. I'll no, pass no, it back I, to it, you. It, yeah, no, it aligns directly. And, and we're going to close on that note. And James, I know we did this a couple podcasts ago. I'm going to have you close this out with prayer. Um, and, and then I'll, you know, say some, uh, some things toward the, at the, at the end of it, just kind of, just kind of uh, wrap some things up. But James, go ahead. I, I think it's appropriate at this time to whoever's listening that, that, um, that you lead us in prayer for them uh, in this hour. We're going to pray, and um, <laughs> I'm going to show my age, but I want to I share this with somebody. You know, there's a prayer that was a song. It was a popular CCM song that I heard when I was a young person in the 90s. And the chorus simply says this. Some of you might know it. It just says, For such a time as this, I was placed upon the earth to hear the voice of God and do His will whatever it is. And I pray that for myself when I'm discouraged for such a time as this. And we pray that right now. Join with us in prayer in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you for every person that's listening to this. Maybe someone who stumbled on this and and they may not even be part of our denomination or part of our belief system, but we they stumbled on this for a reason, for a purpose, because you created them for this moment. They may be discouraged, and we come against that discouragement in the power of your name, and we speak joy, joy unspeakable into their lives. God, I pray for every youth ministry that might be touched through this podcast and everywhere. God, that you would just give strength, Lord, to those leaders, God, those volunteers, I pray, God, you would give them a hope that is contagious. We pray for the baptism of your spirit, Lord. Pour your spirit out. We need you more than anything. We're desperate for you, Lord. And you, we know that you're going to finish what you started, God. I pray a blessing over this. God, send it out over the airwaves and do your thing. And we ask this in your mighty name, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I mean, I, I, mean, I feel, <laughs> I feel the Holy Ghost. <laughs> God, I really believe, I really, really believe uh, that that this this word, this message, is is for someone. Uh, it was for me. If anything, it was for me, and um, and and we hope it's an encouragement to you. So, thank you again for listening in on this episode of a Relentless Youth Ministry Methods podcast. We definitely want to encourage you. Follow us on Facebook. Uh, you can just uh, type in the search. Uh, Relentless Youth Ministry Methods, our Facebook page will pop up, and uh, we are just excited and definitely feel called to to do this podcast and continue to do it. We Again, we would love to uh, hear any topics that you would like talked about. You can message us um, on that Facebook page. 
Um, so excited that you're able to, to, to be with us. We look forward to having you again on our next podcast and uh, we'll see you then.